Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, a three-year-old. Three. Three-year-old shot in the face in Chicago. You may want to reevaluate that whole position for some of the weak-kneed rhino Republicans telling President Trump, yeah, don't do anything. Pottery barn theory. You break it, you fix it. You can't go into Chicago. It could be broken. You'd have to fix it. No. We have a big show today, folks. We're going to talk about that. We're going to have some very, very difficult conversations. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, again, more just stunning data emerging about the low risk to children and teachers from school and just the fly in the face advice of everyone out there trying to get more money for schools who are just torturing our kids for a political purpose. Totally unacceptable. We're going to do data and science on the show, unlike elsewhere. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, protect your online information, your activity from prying eyes. Get a VPN today. Don't wait. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Uh, Producer Joe, thank you for your, uh, I did not, I usually give Joe a warning when these are going to be, you know, more somber openings. Um, but I appreciate um, you being here today, and I, it's going to be a bit of a difficult show. So, um, all right, brother, get ready, Big Joe. Sounds yeah, good, man. thank you. This is a, yeah, yeah. I um, I was going on the air last night. I got an interesting story doing. Uh, I was ready, getting mm. ready to do Hannity, and uh, I'll tell you, I, I'm actually going to show you the results of a Google search. All right, uh, let's get to it. I got a really all packed right, show today. A lot of information to get to you today's show. Brought to you by friends at GenuCell. The GenuCell summer blowout sales here for everyone. Right now, order the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness and the jawline treatment, and Chamonix will double your supply of both products for free. Here's what Beverly from Huntsville, Alabama had to say about GenuCell. OMG, love this product. Saw a difference the second time I used it, and I recommend it to everyone if they have a problem with their jawline. My daughter even told me I look younger than last week. Now's your turn to look years and even decades younger, just like Beverly. My wife loves it. My mother-in-law loves it. Results guaranteed. <laughs> She's giving me that. She's like voguing here. Results guaranteed or you simply get 100% of your money back. It's really that easy. Order GenuCell now and Chamonix will double your order. Free for a limited time. Here's what you need to do. Go to GenuCell.com, enter my special promo code DAN30, that's DAN30, at checkout for an instant $30 off your order. And for results in minutes, the GenuCell immediate effects is also yours free. Get double your order plus a free surprise luxury gift. All orders today are upgraded to free priority shipping. Can't beat that. Don't wait another minute. Visit GenuCell.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. That's GenuCell.com. Use my promo code DAN30, DAN30. All right, Joe, let's go. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So just a quick backstory. So last night I was getting ready to go on the Sean Hannity show, uh, which I do pretty much most nights. And I was on in the A block. It's right out of the shoot at 9 o'clock, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And I wanted to, the, the, um, the appearance, they call the hit in the industry, the, the hit was about, Chicago, a lot of our cities in chaos, Chicago being uh, near an epidemic violence there. And I'm not kidding. I told the story on the air and I want to tell it today because it matters. I wanted to check in on a story I had heard earlier on Fox about a three-year-old girl shot in the face in Chicago. What happened afterwards on the air was fascinating because I wanted everyone to hear it. Before I get to that, let's go to a little bit of background about what happened and what President Trump, thankfully, ladies and gentlemen, listen, 
no president is ever going to meet any kind of a perfect standard because every president is flesh and bone and we are all imperfect, all of us. Obviously a tautological statement. But this president, he has a lot of guts. And I know for a fact that there are a lot of people whispering in his ear to stay the hell out of Chicago, New York, and elsewhere. And to let the people who voted those people in, who have destroyed, utterly destroyed those cities and are watching them burn to the ground, let the people see the damage of those decisions. Ladies and gentlemen, no, 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 no. No, I cannot. What language do you, this is a stupid idea. A a no in every single known spoken human dialect. No, this is a dumb idea. Again, with due respect to some of the commentators promoting this, it's not personal. I saw an article the other day about this pottery barn theory. If it's, if you break it, you own it. So don't go into Chicago because if you break it, you're on. No, it is already broken. You're not walking into a pottery barn and breaking things. You're walking into a pottery barn after an earthquake where everything's already broken. You're going in there with a dust pan, a mop, and a broom, and you're helping clean it up. It's already broken. People are dying. He is the president of the United States. It's time to lead. Listen, politics is in my blood. I'm a conservative. It's not a secret. It's hard to divorce myself from politics. I recognize that. To the liberals listening, I can be very harsh towards you. I get it. You're probably harsh back. Fair. Totally fair. Period. This is not political for me. It's not. I am a city kid. I grew up in the city. My wife who grew up in Columbia, not South Carolina, was just telling me the country, Columbia, before we got on the air, how when she was a kid, the instructions were clear. When you hear the gunshots, run back to the house and get under the bed. No kid should be forced to live like that. For a moment, take your politics and shove them up your kaboom because they don't matter. He's the president of the United States. It's time to lead and he's doing it and he deserves all of our support. Forget this. Oh, let the voters suffer. No, no, don't let the voters die. That is totally un-American. And if you disagree, that's totally fine. I'm not trying to indoctrinate anyone. I will 1000% fight against that. Here's what President Trump did. Let's look at this article in the New York Post. Be up in the show notes today. I encourage you to check it out. New York Post. Trump orders feds to Chicago and other cities to address the rampage of violence. Stephen Nelson, New York Post. Good. Good. It's a quick video of President Trump at the White House yesterday in a magnificent but short speech. Speaking from the heart. There's a prompter there, but... I'm sure he meant every single word of this. This was an important speech. Here's a quick snippet of the speech yesterday where he talks about sending federal agents, which he's perfectly has the, the, the absolute authority to do into these cities to stop this plague of violence. Check this out. Today, I am announcing that the Department of Justice will immediately surge federal law enforcement to the city of Chicago. The FBI, ATF, DEA, 
U.S. Marshal Service, and Homeland Security will together be sending hundreds of skilled law enforcement officers to Chicago to help drive down violent crime. But we must remember that the job of policing a neighborhood falls on the shoulders of local elected leadership. Never forget that. When they abdicate their duty, the results are catastrophic. This is the man we need right now. I have never been more convinced he's the right choice going forward. There is a clear contrast in choice right now in this 2020 election. Forget about the tweets. Forget about the personality. Forget about the bravado you either like or dislike. I'm asking you to make a clear choice. There's a fork in the road going forward. Do you want chaos or do you want order on the streets? Do you want to be able to walk out in the street at night with your baby without worried about your three-year-old getting shot in the face? Or do you want to live locked up in your apartment in constant fear of the death and destruction that awaits you when you open that front door? The choice can never be more clear than it is now. You doubt me? This is one of those rare occasions, this video, where we use a video on the show. And honestly, I believe the audio is more powerful. What I always tell our radio listeners and our audio-only listeners, I say, if you want, go to our YouTube, watch the video. This is one of those cases where, honestly, I think the audio of the video alone is probably as powerful as the imagery. What is this? Why is President Trump trying to stop the carnage in our cities? This is a brief, uh, maybe 30-second clip or so, of a shooting, a mass shooting in Chicago the other night by some criminals who shot the numbers of 15, 17. I'm not even sure what the final number is. Somewhere between 14 and 17 people in broad daylight. These criminals knowing full well they'll be on video. And they didn't care. I want you to listen to this. You're watching on the YouTube, you can see it too. But listen, I th- again, I think the audio is just as powerful. This is a street, not in Kabul. This is a United States street in broad daylight, in full view of cameras. Everybody knows they're there. And they did this anyway. You hear those folks in the background? You hear that? If you're listening on audio, I, I encourage you to just listen to that again. Try to drown out the gunshots for a moment. 60 rounds. 60. What's a standard magazine? Eight or 10 rounds, depending on the caliber. So you're talking about six magazines of rounds or six separate guns with full magazines or three guns loaded twice. I mean, the math equations and permutations are endless about how 60 rounds in broad daylight, in full view of cameras, were unloaded on an American street in the middle of the day. But tell me again how we should just let this happen. Please explain to me, to the political class obsessed with politics only, please explain to me how it's a good idea to let those crying people suffer because they voted the wrong wrong way. You hear them? 
You hear those people and listen, listen to it. Take every single bit of it and digest it and listen to it over and over again. And tell me again, how we're supposed to just what? Let them all die? Knowing we can do something about it? Please explain that to me with a straight face. That I, I really, I'm not sure what's worse, the video or the audio of that. I'm not sure. This is one of those times I tell you in the video, stop the video and just go listen to the audio because the screams really penetrate. Folks, we can do something about this. And thank God, and I'm not using the Lord's name in vain. I don't do that. When I do, I apologize. If I do it out of rage or ignorance. Thank God we have a president in charge who's saying, no, no, uh I'm not going to win Chicago. I'm not going to get one damn vote out of this. I'm not going to win New York, and I sure as hell ain't going to win Portland. But I sure as hell ain't going to let a bunch of innocent people be massacred in an American street on my watch because I think I can what? Garner a percentage point in a public opinion poll? You could take that percentage point and ram it right up your caboose. Folks, things are already happening right now. Again, I, 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 and I, for Republicans and Democrats alike who listen to my show, I appreciate your feedback always. But sometimes even from Republicans, understandably enough, because the media doesn't cover a lot of this because they hate President Trump. Understandably, I'll get emails. And those emails will say things like, Dan, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. I get it. I get it. There is stuff happening on this front. There is. President Trump and his Department of Justice under Bill Barr are cracking down on this right now. Folks, all you have to do is look up the press releases yourself. Here's just one I pulled from Friday. Eastern District of New York. This is our federal Department of Justice under the command of Bill Barr falling under President Trump in the executive branch. United States Attorney's Office, Eastern District of New York. Look what they did for immediate release Friday, July 17, 2020. Three members of the Brooklyn-based Real Right Set of Bloods gang arrested for attempted murder and other charges. These press releases are everywhere. It's no excuse to slow down. It's no time to pat ourselves on the... Look, we arrested three members of the Bloods in Brooklyn. It's not enough. But again, I want to encourage you to un- let you, so you totally and completely fully grasp the understanding that the president is absolutely committed, as is Bill Barr, to cleaning this mess up caused by de Blasio and Lightweight in Chicago and Ted Wheeler in Portland. Commit chaos agents committed to chaos and destruction in the streets, that Trump is on the other side of that. And he's saying, not today, not on my watch. I have federal tools and you're damn right I'm going to use them. This stuff matters. As I said to you yesterday, and I'll continue to say today, I think I'm, I'm not sure, but I think I may be one of the few commentators in this space who's worked in both the federal side of law enforcement and the local side. There are others who've been, um, John, I don't know John Gillum. I know he's with the FBI. I don't know if he was ever a local cop. I'm not sure. I don't know anybody out there. May be another one, but that's an added value here because I've seen both sides. And I'm telling you the New York City justice system in contrast to the federal one is far different. When you go to the federal system, that bail is going to be high. In other words, you're not getting out. Unless you can come up with bail, you're not getting out. 
I will never forget being a federal agent, locking up someone in our federal system. And they look at their lawyer when they find out their bail is $250,000. And they're like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm not kidding. They're stunned. I'm not going home today. I've been arrested 20 times by New York City uh, police officers put into their justice system there. And I walk right home. You're not going home tonight. Not tonight, pal. And what happens? What happens is they talk. I know they talk. Because when you arrest them and they find out they're arrested, they don't know. When you get out of a car as a Secret Service agent, FBI agent, or DA agent, and you're in plain clothes, and you say police don't move, pretty much the universal sign that you're being arrested by a police officer, police don't move, there's no uniform. They think they're being arrested by local plainclothes cops. When you put them in the car and the adrenaline, there's always an adrenaline dump, and everybody calms down, and they find out they've been arrested by the feds, Ladies and gentlemen, it's an X-lax moment. I am not kidding. Watch the look on their face. I've been there. I've done it. I'm not, a, this is not a self-praise moment. It's a facts moment. I've seen the look on their face. The blood drains from their face. They can't believe it. What do you mean I've been arrested by the feds? Yes, we're secret service agents. You're under federal arrest. I heard, what's the first thing they tell you? My buddy, Joe or Donnie or whatever told me the Fed system sucks. Yeah. Sucks for you. Not for us. These criminals talk. They talk about local police as well. I live in Martin County, Florida. The sheriff here doesn't take any rhymes with pit. None of it. You think I'm messing with you? Ask people from Broward County. If you know any criminals in Broward County, I hope you don't. Ask them what it's like to cross the border and get arrested in Martin County after they cruise through Palm Beach. Ask a criminal in Palm Beach County that. They see that welcome to Martin County sign, they turn around and do a U-turn right quick, as you'd say down south. Because the sheriff here is not going to plea out your case. Either are the local uh, attorneys if they don't have to. You're going to spend a lot of time in jail. Criminals talk. And they're going to be talking soon about the crackdown Donald Trump is about to initiate in their cities. Now, folks, before I went on the air last night, I kind of opened up with this story. This is, to show you this was not hyperbole for effect, I was getting ready to go on Sean Hannity's show at 9 p.m. on Fox. And um, again, I had heard earlier about a three-year-old shot in the face three-year-old in the face. So I had to do an internet search because I wanted to be sure I checked in on the three-year-old. And I punched in my phone right here. This is a screenshot from my phone. Paula was kind enough to put up. This is an actual screenshot from my phone. I left the top in so you know that's exactly what I put in the search engine there. Three-year-old shot in Chicago. Look at it on the top. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. And ladies and gentlemen, you'll notice that there are a number of stories. This, keep in mind, this is just a screenshot of the first four stories that pop up. If you were to scroll down to more results, you'll find that there's probably 20 or 30 stories of three-year-olds shot in Inglewood, South Shore. You have to pick through the stories. 
You have to pick through the stories to figure out which three-year-old who was shot in Chicago you're actually talking about. Three. So you figure if the three-year-old girl I was looking up, and I can't even find what her condition is, apparently has glass in her face, I guess was shot through a window of a car. Three. You know what a three-year-old who got shot looks like? If you're over 18 and you think you can handle it, I encourage you to look at the pictures. Go find a picture of what a three-year-old looks like. And maybe you could see the reality of what some people think, oh, we should just let it go and let them suffer the consequences. Uh, No. So if you're three, I thought about this before I went on the air, and this is the reason I looked it up. I wanted to see how she was doing and if she she was going to survive. Because one of the points I was thinking about is if, say this three-year-old girl who was shot in the face was going to live a standard life of uh, about 80 years, say 75, whatever it may be. I don't know exactly what the uh, life expectation is, but say 75 years. If this three-year-old shot in the face in Chicago dies, this planet's been robbed of 73 years 73 years, maybe 77 years, she lives till 80. 73, 70 years of this girl's presence, soon to be woman, then senior citizen at some point. 70 to 77 years of her life on this planet were taken away from all of us if she doesn't make it and taken away from her we're supposed to let that happen and the president's supposed to let that happen. Why? Because people made some dumb political choices. Ladies and gentlemen, we all make dumb political choices. People, politicians lie all the time. We're supposed to just let this carnage go on, those screams go on on the streets of Chicago. Because again, what? We, we, could, we could do what? Get an approval bump? The pottery barn theory is dumb. And it's immoral. I mean, think about it. If she's going to live till 85, that's 82 years. No kids, no grandkids, no moments, no first communions, no birthday parties, no dance recitals, no tears, no laughter, no joy, no oxygen, no nothing, no breaths, nothing more. Totally taken away if this three-year-old doesn't pull through. And you have to ask yourself, what did she do? You know, again, it's a very limited group of insiders who were telling the president this, but some are very limited. Oh, you know, let them suffer for their decisions. But what did she do? No, it's a serious question. Is it not a fair question? What did a three-year-old do? Well, how does a moral society not take every step they can to prevent the, the, the shooting in the face and potential death of a three-year-old. She can't vote. They don't even know how to vote. They don't even know what voting means. Probably barely speaks in coherent sentences. She's three. You have a choice going forward. And you should all Be very proud of what the president did yesterday. 
because I'm telling you, he's standing in the face of a lot of advice by a lot of people who have only politics on their mind. And it took a lot of guts to go out there and do that. And he did the right thing, not the easy thing. Let me make one more point on this. There's been some commentators on cable news as well who keep telling you things that are just factually not true. And I just wish it would stop. The president needs no permission. He doesn't need to be cleared by any big city mayor or governor of a state to enforce federal laws in those states. Do you understand? I don't care what your title is, who you think you are. Anyone on cable news telling you that is lying. I was a cop and I was a federal agent. At no point did I have to ask the local police when I was a federal agent to go and arrest someone for counterfeiting, fraud, child porn trafficking, or anything we did in the Secret Service. Crimes we investigated. At no point. Sometimes you'd give a courtesy call. We'll be in the neighborhood. Sometimes you wouldn't. I did not need their permission. Likewise, when I was a street cop with the NYPD, at no point did I call the FBI or anyone else or ask, for, to ask permission to arrest anyone. You do it because you have the ability and you've been sworn in to enforce New York City's laws and New York State's laws. Anyone on television, anyone telling you the president does not have the authority to do this is an ignoramus, is just making it up. The president doesn't need anything to go in and tell the FBI, anything, no permission at all to enforce federal law. And regarding the courthouses and the protection of federal property, I heard someone say the other day, the president needs permission from the local. That is totally, completely 100% fabricated and made up. Folks, you want to read it yourself? Go to the U.S. Code, United States Code. That's where our laws are. The law that empowers the Secret Service is 18 UFC, uh, USC, UFC. It's not the UFC, USC. See what's always on my mind? 18 UFC, uh, I did it again, USC 3056. The law that empowers the Department of Homeland Security Secretary, to basically deputize agents of the federal government to go and protect federal property is 40 USC, United States Code, 1315, 1315. Look it up yourself. Read it. Anyone telling you the president doesn't have the authority through the Homeland Security Secretary to protect and investigate the destruction of federal property like they're doing in Portland is just making it up. Read it yourself, 40 USC 1315. I'd read through the whole statute if we had time. It's clear as day. You're just making that up. Stop spreading misinformation. Oh, the president needs permission. I'm holding back here because I'm very annoyed. Because people use the imprimatur of authority to say things on television and people who don't know don't call them out. And now people believe it. Oh my gosh, the president needs permission from Ted Wheeler of Portland to protect the courthouse. Where did you hear that? That's totally made up. It's not true. 40 USC 1315. Look it up yourself. All right. 
I got to move on. I got a lot to get to. It's obviously an emotional story. Um, I appreciate your patience, Joe, with that as well. I know uh, those are tough stories. And I'll oh, man. Too. I am. Sure. Yeah, I know. That was a true story last night, but, you know, Googling it. I said to Paula, it's amazing. Like, what? Which three-year-old are you talking about? Like, we have to do this in America. If it was in Darfur, it'd be a huge issue because it's Chicago, it's a damn political football. All right, I want to get to the um, <clears throat> story about our schools as well because there's so much misinformation about your kids' risk and teachers' risk from going back to school. It's it's turning into just outright propaganda. Uh, today's show also brought to you by our friends at Allform. <clears throat> Listen, if you've been listening to my show for a while, you probably heard me talk about my Helix mattress. We have two of them here. We love them. My daughter has one. We have one. So exciting news here. Helix has gone beyond the bedroom and they started making sofas. Not just sofas, but really, really good sofas. Do you have that picture? Yeah. Did you, there it is. There it is. There's ours right there. All form sofa. Um, is that Isabel? That's Isabel. I got to look at it. That's my daughter over there. They just launched a new company called All Form, and they're making premium customizable sofas and chairs shipped right to your front door. What makes these all form sofas really cool? For starters, it's the easiest way you can customize the sofa using premium materials, but at a fraction of a cost, not at premium prices. Premium materials, a fraction of the cost. You can't ask for any better. You can pick your fabric, they have spill, stain, and scratch-resistant fabrics, the color, even the color of the legs, the sofa size, and the shape to make sure it's perfect for you in your home. They're beautiful, they're comfortable, they're premium, high-quality, well-crafted sofas. They've got armchairs, love seats, all the way up to an eight-seat sectional. There's something for everyone. You can always start small, buy more seats later if you want to customize it later on and grow and change with your sofa there. All form sofas are also delivered directly to your door with fast and free shipping. In the past, if you want to order a sofa, it could take weeks, sometimes even months, and you need someone to come to your home and assemble it. All form takes just three to seven days to arrive in the mail, and you can assemble it yourself in a few minutes. Took Paula about 20 minutes, half hour, no tools even needed. We have an all form sofa. We love it. If getting a sofa without trying it in store sounds a little risky, don't, wor don't worry. You get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up for you, give you a full refund. They have a forever warranty, literally forever. To find your perfect sofa, check out allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M.com slash Dan, allform.com slash Dan. Allform's offering 20% off all orders for our listeners. Allform.com slash Dan. Go today. These are really great. All right. Folks, I'm uh, getting back to the story about children. I'm increasingly frustrated with the amount of propaganda being promoted by the media, again, just with the sole interest of trying to attack Donald Trump at the extreme risk to your children. I'm not kidding. What am I talking about here? Let's put up this Wall Street Journal article. Please, I'm begging you, stop torturing our kids and destroying their lives over coronavirus propaganda because you don't understand the science. It is really deeply disturbing. Article by the great James Freeman at the Wall Street Journal. Do teachers have an excuse for missing class? It looks like a really bad day for media narratives. Folks, you know, I've said this before. I'm not conditioning things here. I'm not trying to couch my arguments. My life was changed by good teachers. Having said that, the entire world is at risk for this virus. Everyone from the 18-year-old the girl we know that works in the publics down the block from us to the mail carrier. To us going out, me and Paula, I had a travel the other day. There's a risk for everyone. It's not zero. We can minimize that risk in certain scenarios. You can keep your hands washed. You can social distance. That risk will never be zero, even if there is a vaccine. 
There will never be zero risk. The question is, what is the risk reward? And the argument that we should keep kids home and destroy their lives and stick them in their rooms for solitary confinement for another school year because the risk to them is so great in the teachers is bull. I've never wanted to say the rest of that word so much. You're making it up. Let's do the data from the Wall Street Journal piece today. Just how small is the risk for teachers returning to school classrooms this fall? The Times of London, by the way, no bastion of right-wing conspiracy theories. The Times of London reports, quote, there has been no recorded case. Let me read that opening line again, folks. For those of you out there, you know, oh my gosh, can't can't send the teachers back. They're going to get infected from the kids. Quote, there has been no recorded case of a teacher catching the coronavirus from a pupil anywhere in the world. According to one of the government's leading scientific advisors. Wait, wait, are we doing science? Are we doing science? Oh, here's the name of the science. In case you want to look this up yourself. By the way, the Times of London article is in the show notes today. Mark Woolhouse, a leading epidemiologist and member of the government's SAGE committee, told the Times that it may have been a mistake to close schools in March. Do you think? Given the limited role children play in spreading the virus. Listen to me. Thank you to the teachers for doing what you do. It's not personal. you got to go back to work. I'm very sorry. You have got to go back to work. The risk calculus, people are trying to, I don't know if you just haven't read the science. I don't know if you're believing hysterical media reports in an effort to own Trump. You are not at a significant risk of catching this from kids. There is no science to back that up at all. You have no reason not to go back. I'm very sorry. I'm not looking to put you at risk. I'm not looking to insult you. I'm not looking to degrade the very important, critical work you do for our kids in the future of our country. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You have to go back to work. If you don't want to go back to work, find a different line of work so someone can. You are not at the risk you think you're at if you're telling us you're at high risk because you're not. The risk is not zero. It's not insignificant. But that applies to everyone. To the parents out there, I believe in liberty and freedom. You don't want your kids back in school? Great. I do. To the numbnuts who tweeted to me the other day, the blue checkmark moron author, your kids first. Yes, please. Please, my kids first. Did you not read my tweet? Please. My daughter needs to be around her friends and socialize. She's eight. Eight. She's eight. She's sitting in a room. And listen, we have a nice house. I'm not complaining. This is not like torture. We've been very lucky, having grown up not so lucky. There's a person I know shall remain nameless. They live in a trailer park. They're stuck in one big square room all day. The kids have to go back. If you don't want to send your kid back, keep them home. That's not my business anymore. My country's my business. But if you want to make that decision because you erroneously believe your kid is going to be a super spreader, despite no science to back that up at all, then you do you. But my kid is going back to school. 
You can do the iPad thing, fine. You think you have a better solution? I love homeschooling. It's great. We can't do that. We have a job. We have to pay for our house and our kids and the food and everything else. I don't have that. I love homeschoolers. If you can find a good homeschooling program, your kid will be probably a lot better off. A lot of parents can't. If you want to keep your kids home because you have some kind of erroneous, irrational fear they're going to become a massive super spreader, do your thing. Just leave my kids alone. We're going back. Do the distance learning. I'm not telling you how to live your life. You're telling me how to live mine. I don't want your kids back in school either. Take that. Oh my gosh. Sometimes I wish we were digital only. You know where you can stick that advice. How does that affect your kid? Set up distance learning programs. There's tons of them out there. My kid's going back to school. You don't believe me? Damn, the data's on our side. It is? You sure you actually read the data? Do you read it all? Here's a tweet by, I, I encourage you to check this out in our Twitter feed. A woman I've, I just came into contact with today, a Mary Vote, who has an excellent thread. This is just one of many pieces out of 12 tweets she put out on this. Mary Vote about school closings. Quote, schools are open in Sweden and closed in Finland. Researchers conclude, quote, Closure or not of schools had no measurable direct impact on the number of laboratory confirmed cases in school-aged children in Finland or Sweden. Again, please cite to me the data. Your kid is going to be some super spreader of this virus. Sweden stayed open, Finland closed. No measurable impact. Measurable, meaning they measured it. Like science. Oh, that's not enough, Dan. Wall Street Journal, Times, no cases of student-to-teacher transmission, no measurable impact of closing the schools. That's not enough for me. I want to keep your kids home too. Okay, let's go to The Economist. The Economist, by the way, about as leftist as you can get. The Economist. Headline, (laughs) the risks of keeping schools closed far outweigh the benefits. Millions of young minds are going to waste. This is The Economist. This is not MAGAverse Daily. This is a left-leaning magazine I used to read before they went crazy. Telling you the risks of keeping your kid home are dramatic compared to the very small risk of your kid becoming sick or dying from this and contracting it in school. What are you going to do with your kid during flu season? Fair question, right? Flu vaccine's only about 80% effective. You're going to keep them home too? They could die from, they could legitimately die from the flu. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, that are, I don't understand. It's not a fair question. We had an outbreak in Martin County here about two years ago of hepatitis A. I don't recall ever an argument about closing the school, ever. Very contagious. Why not? Maybe because this has become a political argument not an argument based on any science whatsoever. Come on, Dan, that's not enough. The Economist, Wall Street Journal, Times of London, actual science in Sweden and Finland. I need more. Okay, I'll give you more. Don't you worry about that. Uh, Here's a Boston Globe here. Boston Globe, again, you know, 
the big right wing outlet here. Uh, listen to the science and reopen schools. Adding months more to this toll will be an educational disaster that some children may never recover from. We have a screenshot from this. We do, right? Yes. <laughs> this is a long story behind the screenshot, by the way. Everyone thank Paula collectively for this screenshot. I'll tell you the story another day in the interest of time. Screenshot from the Boston Globe piece. But what about the risk to teachers and staff? We've been told these kids are super spread. They're going to kill all the teachers. Well, again, quote, listen to the science. I thought we were doing science. A report led by the former head of the CDC under Obama concluded that children appear less likely than adults to transmit COVID to others, unlike other viruses like influenza, though the evidence is still limited and preliminary. All right. Studies examining schools with known cases of COVID have shown low, low transmission rates. For instance, in one case, just two students and no teachers infected out of 863 close contacts. Others show zero confirmed infections, even among teachers and students who sat in the same classroom with a symptomatic child. Again, please tell me why you want my kid imprisoned in solitary confinement, staring at an iPad for 10 hours a day because you think the kids are super spreaders that are going to infect everyone. What data are you actually basing that on? You want to keep your kid home, knock yourself out. Leave my kid alone. Unlike you, I believe in liberty and freedom and that kind of thing. What about more evidence? This is another Paula special. Here's an NPR study about YMCAs and daycare. What parents can learn from child care centers that stayed open during lockdowns. NPR. You know NPR, Joe, that far right-leaning outlet? I'm joking, oh, yeah. of course. NPR. <laughs> MAGA Daily, NPR. <laughs> you know what they found? That throughout the pandemic, many child care centers stayed open for frontline workers. Everyone from grocery store clerks to doctors to YMCA of New York and New York City's Department of Education, they've been caring for collectively tens of thousands of children since March. The kids, Joe, you know, the, the super spreaders? Yeah. And these daycare workers tell NPR they have, wait, how many? 10,000 reports of, no, no, that's no. They have no reports of coronavirus clusters around. Am I reading that right? Paula, am I, Joe, I need a, I need a double yeah, check good. on this. You're good. Okay, yeah. thank you. So the daycare workers allegedly working around these devastating kid super spreaders that are killing everyone, they tell NPR they have no reports of coronavirus clusters or outbreaks. It goes on. Which always does this to me. As schools sweat over reopening plans, and with just over half the parents telling pollsters they're comfortable with in-person school this fall, public health and policy experts say education leaders should be discussing and drawing on these real-world childcare experiences. Again, are we doing science? Because what's interesting is when I mention science and data on this show. The video partner on this show, YouTube, winds up crushing our show. You notice that? How weird that is? Mm. You know, we're not doing science. Is that what, it's crazy how our audio keeps exploding. And every time we mention science, the video gets crushed. It's just weird, isn't it? Boston Globe, Economist, Science from Sweden and Finland, Wall Street Journal, Times of London, NPR. 
Dan, you got to cite even more science. Okay, let's do that. Because you know what? We have the hits. This is the Lancet, you know, well-respected medical journal. Yeah, yeah. Here's an actual research paper, Joe. Let's talk about lockdowns now too. You know, science and stuff. A country level analysis measuring the impact of government actions, country preparedness and socioeconomic factors on COVID mortality and related health outcomes. Let me translate that for you. Hat tip, by the way, the great Alex Berenson, an actual journalist who covered this story at The Lancet. The Lancet did a study, Joe, you know, science and a medical journal. Hey, these lockdowns do anything? That's the headline synopsis, Dan Bongino version. What did these lockdowns do? We can actually look at that. Oh, here's the data right there. Crazy. Comes up even simpler, Joe, in the findings section. Oh, yeah. Let me read the last sentence. Rapid border closures, full lockdowns, and widespread testing were, wait, wait, were, were, does that say we're not? Again, I'm just checking here. Were not associated with COVID mortality per million people? Just to be clear, let me read that sentence again. Border closures, full lockdowns, and widespread testing were not associated with COVID mortality per million? In other words, you know, science and stuff. Where when we put this out, our videos get squashed. I don't know why anybody's doing that. You know, we're living in Orwellian kind of 1984, all kinds of like, this is like, uh, you know, animal farm type stuff too. Some animals are better than others. So the lockdowns had nothing to do with decreasing or increasing the mortality rate, meaning the lockdowns did nothing to stop people from dying from this. I'm I'm just checking. So we squashed people's businesses, destroyed their lives, in many cases, their families' lives, and their kids' futures, too, would have inherited those businesses. We did that because why? There's a whole bunch of evidence at work. No, no, there's there's none. No, there's actually no evidence at work. Again, God forbid, you know, we do actual science on the show. Please challenge this, by the way. Unlike CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times, the Washington Post, the other fake news specialists that specialize in propaganda, we just gave you one, two, three, four, five, six pieces of data and reporting that what you're telling people to do, don't send your kids to school, they're super, super spreaders, is absolutely false. Lockdowns, we need more of them. They don't work. And you'll do it anyway because we got an orange man bad. We got to orange Trump. You got to, good. You keep doing that. Idiots. Just another brick in the wall, buddy. All in all. If it wasn't for Roger Waters, I would still listen to Pink Floyd. The man has lost his mind. They were a great band. Still like David Gilmore, though. Mm-hmm. Didn't was it Sid Barrett? Was he in that? He was in that group too, right? Wasn't he the one who uh, yeah. had some problems? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Early Joe's always good yeah. in the pop culture stuff. Yeah. All right, I got a, my final sponsor today, and I got another stunning piece of video of a member of Congress. <laughs> it's not funny, folks. It's just <laughs> I'm not surprised by anything. A member of Congress actively on the floor promoting Chinese propaganda. I'm playing this cut. You're going to be, this is an actual member of Congress. They don't surprise. He's a Democrat, of course. I mean, that's what they do. All right. Our final sponsor today, our friends at My Patriot Supply. Go today to preparewithdan.com. Why? Because you ensure everything in your life that matters, right? Everything in your lives that matter. You ensure your food supply. People have like eyeglass insurance, health insurance, dental insurance. How can you not insure your food supply? One day I'll take you on a tour of my house. We have so much of this stuff around because I'm seriously worried. I have kids that there's going to be an interruption in the food supply. It's not irrational. And I don't want to starve to death. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun. 
So I go to preparewithdan.com and I order my own. I can probably get freebies from, I don't even ask. I buy it myself. Every day we're witnessing the spread of coronavirus. We're seeing the spread of fear. It's causing turbulence in the markets, basic necessities, the costs are going through the roof. You've seen the cost of food these days? My Patriot Supply, some of their older customers with health conditions are actually scared to go out and they've been living off some of their emergency food supply. Others are in their self-quarantine and some just don't want to face the mob for a loaf of bread. Go today, don't wait, to preparewithdan.com and reserve your two or four week emergency food kit today. It's just common sense. These meals include breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. They last up to 25 years in storage. So you are prepared. 25 years. That's a lot of mental sanity and insurance to buy right there for your food supply. The food's good too. My Patriot Supply has been a trusted partner of this show for years. They've been working around the clock to keep up with their orders. Listen, demand is really, really, really high. But go today. The current wait is eight to 12 weeks because demand has been 80 times normal. They're not messing with you. It's high. We have no idea how long this crisis will last, so it's important to be self-reliant. It's not too late. Go to preparewithdan.com today. That's preparewithdan.com. Go today. All right. Thanks, Patriot Supply. We always appreciate you supporting the show. You have good stuff there. So, I, you know, again, I'm not kidding. The Democrats, this is not... Um, I was talking to someone, a friend of mine the other day. I'm going to say who, because then it gets into like, hey, look at me. I have all these important... It's stupid. I hate it. But let's just say a friend who's... <laughs> influential in the Trump circle and was bringing up the point that she's right. That this isn't even a fight anymore, this election between like, oh, liberals and conservatives, communists versus free marketeers, Republicans. I mean, it's not. It's legitimately a fight between really, really evil people and people who are, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say good. I'm just going to say people who are fighting against evil. It is. You don't believe me? Look at this. This is Adam Smith, the disastrous a uh, Democrat congressman uh, who just humiliated himself on the floor giving a speech where he comes to the, de- this is not a joke. This is a real cut. He comes to the defense of the Chinese for not warning us about the China virus, not warning us about it at all, the coronavirus from Wuhan. He comes to the defense of the Chinese government, not the Chinese people, A lot of them died from this, too. He comes to the defense of China and finds a way to make Trump the bad guy. China, by the way, the Chinese Communist Party is loving every second of this clip. They're probably using it in their own TV commercials. Check this imbecile out. We absolutely need to hold accountable Russia, China, whoever wants to interfere with our process of developing a vaccine or cyber hack us in any other way. And there are enormous number of tools to do so. I do want to point out and and just simply make an urgent plea. One of the gentleman's arguments was that China hid the true risk of the virus from the American people. And yes, that is terrible that China did that. It's not actually their job to warn the American people. It's the president's job to warn the American people. You may say to yourself, that's clearly a paid lobbyist by China. No, no, that's a U.S. congressman. You hear the groans in the background? Yeah. From the Republican. You're supposed to stay relatively silent. You hear the groans in the background. People are like, oh, wait, are, did you just say that? This is Adam Smith. So if he's your congressman, we, we, you know, we, we'll leave the, of course, the nasty garbage to the left. But I strongly encourage you, if he's your congressman, to send a nice, respectful email and phone call to his office saying, yeah, uh, Who's, who's, whose side are exactly are you on, buddy? 
It's not China's job to tell us that a deadly virus that could wipe out up to 300,000 Americans who are in at-risk groups and who are elderly. It's not their job to tell us it, it isn't. No, it's Trump's job to go over and what? Monitor the conditions in the Wuhan lab every day? He's supposed to check in and what? Punch a time clock? I'm here checking out your conditions. It's not China's job to do that. So just to be clear, Adam Smith, I mean, clearly imbecile of the week, and we still have a show tomorrow. It's over. He won. It's definitely not Trump's job to save a three-year-old from being shot in the face in Chicago. Stay out of the cities, Adam Smith says. Loser congressman, Democrat. Stay out of the city. Let those three-year-olds be murdered in the streets. Got a Google search to write three-year-old. But it's definitely his job to punch a time clock in the Wuhan virology lab and check in on the Chinese Communist Party so they don't affect the world, the world with the biggest plague we've seen in decades. Got got it. Got it. Makes perfect, perfect sense. Again, please tell me again how we're not in a fight, a Manichaean battle between evil and people fighting against evil. Please, again, just explain that to me. This is a U.S. congressman. U.S. congressman. China couldn't have paid a lobbyist to go to bat for them better than this this loser. All right. This is uh, my final story of the day. It's an important story. I've been following for a long time. And it's an important story because it's a story you're not hearing anything about. That of all the things happening right now, this is going to have a really deep impact in your life if you own a home in the suburbs. Which, by the way, I'm sure are many of my listeners. Again, I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. I'm only going to tell you who I'm voting for. It's not a secret. I'm voting for President Trump. I've never been more convinced he's the right guy. But if you are voting for Joe Biden, I just want you to understand again what you're voting for. So check out this story at the New York Post. It's in the show notes. Please read it. It's by Betsy McCoy, the former lieutenant governor of New York under George Pataki. Oh, yeah. Remember her? Yeah, she was heavy on Obamacare. I think she's a medical doctor. Yeah. Story's Mm -hmm. up in the show notes. To access the show notes, go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. Just click subscribe. We send you the email every day with all the notes in it. Joe Biden's disastrous plans for America's suburbs. Joe's heard this story so many times. He could probably, he doesn't even need to see the post article. Um, This is about a program called the AFFH. If you don't know it, look it up. Because if you have a house in the suburbs and you think you're voting for Joe Biden, because don't worry, I'll be left alone. This is what, by the way, this is what a lot of Democrats do. They vote for things thinking they're not going to affect them. I don't care about school choice. I send my kid to a private school, you know, rich liberals. I don't care about higher taxes. I've got the highest paid accountant in the neighborhood. I get out of all my taxes. I don't care about, you know, patient-controlled health care. I'm going to pay my doctor for concierge service. That's what liberals do. They're frauds. They're total frauds. Their lives are a fraud. Everything they stand for is fake. Fake. Because they think what they vote for is not going to affect them. Well, a lot of these rich liberals live in the burbs. How are you going to feel when a high-density housing you know, low-income apartment complexes are placed right next door to your house. 
liberal, you know, the liberal show, all the liberals. It's all about fairness and equity. Okay, we're going to build next to your house uh, uh, an 80 family, 300 square foot unit, low income housing. You know, the house you worked your whole life to. Yeah, we're going to build that next door. You watch. The libs will lose their minds. NIMBY. Because they're fakes. They're phonies. They're total, complete, utter frauds. This is what's coming if you vote for Joe Biden. There he is, all about AFFH, affirmatively furthering. Fair housing. Notice the language play there. From the New York Post piece. Biden wants to ramp up an Obama-era social engineering scheme called affirmatively furthering fair housing that mercifully barely got underway before Trump took office vowing to stop it. Biden's plan, listen up, you suburbanite liberals. This is what you're voting for. Biden's plan is to force suburban towns with single-family homes and minimum lot sizes to build high-density, affordable housing smack in the middle of their leafy neighborhoods. Local preferences and local control be damned. You know, again, I, I know you're frauds with school choice because your kids go to private schools. I know you're frauds on taxes because you have fancy accountants right there ready to lower your tax bill. I know you're frauds on health care because you have your own concierge service or your own private doctors. You're not going to be able to be a fraud on this one. Joe Biden is fully in love with this AFFH that is going to wipe out your local zoning and make sure they build nice, low-income, high-density housing in your neighbor. Now, keep in mind, if you object to this, Joe, what do you think the standard liberal line is? The Tom R <laughs> approach, right? Remember Tom? Yeah, it's God coming. rest his soul. It's, of course it's coming. If you object to this, you are definitely a racist 60 or 70 A's. 100%. Because that's all they have. You're like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, that's weird. I'm a racist because in uh, the neighborhood we just moved from, the block we lived on, Paul, if I'm getting this inaccurately, please, because I, I don't like hyperbole for effect because people can fact check you. Have no problem. Without giving up where I live. The maybe, block I just moved from, my neighbor was Cuban. The guy down the block in the cul-de-sac was black. The neighbor on the other side of me was white and across the street was white. Black, Hispanic. My wife, by the way. Oh, gosh, my wife. I totally forgot. So our household, I, I'm not even kidding. I totally forgot that. So our household has an immigrant Colombian successful woman and my wife. The neighbor's Cuban. It was a middle-income neighborhood. The guy in the end of the corner happened to be black. How do you know that? Because I see him. He's my neighbor. And then the guy was white and then the other guy was white. So I'm, we're all racist, right? I live in a, in, I mean, it's diverse to use a, a block as you could possibly live on. There were only about 10 houses on the block. And yet we were all racist. Why? You mean, so if, if you were a racist checking, like his liberal racist code is always hard to decipher, Joe. <laughs> wouldn't you, if you were a hardcore racist, just checking, wouldn't the first thing on your mind when you were picking where you were going to live, like the place you spend eight to 10 hours a day, if you go to work, wouldn't the first thing you're going to be like, I got to make sure everybody looks like me around here, right? Yeah. Just checking, right? If you So none of that's really happening. By the way, it's fully 100%, thank God, illegal to discriminate on showing someone a house or selling someone a house because of their race, which is obviously a good thing. It's already mm -hmm. illegal. But if you object to having low-income high-rises stuck next to your house, you're definitely a racist. Well, again, you can take that and ram it up your caboose because you know you're just making that up and I'm not going to play ball with you. What are they really doing here, the Democrats? 
Well, as I explained to you, I was using a great piece by Stanley Kurz, who writes at National Review, who's been all over this. Your suburbs are about to be destroyed if you vote in Joe Biden. You think they're not coming for you. You're insane. Biden and his crew are knocking on your door. Here's what their real goal is. It's got nothing to do with race, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they did. The racism card is all they have to scare you to shut up, which you're not scaring me or anyone else speaking out against this, including Betsy McCoy. This is two things. Number one, the Democrats have figured out they're wasting a lot of votes in big cities. What do I mean by that? People who live in New York, they're winning elections for Congress in New York City, Manhattan, and elsewhere. The Democrats, that is. By margins that are ridiculous, Joe. 90, 10. I'm not kidding. 85, Mm -hmm. 15. And you may say, well, what's the problem with that? Why would Democrats not want to win by big margins? Because, ladies and gentlemen, there's a limited number of people in the United States, 330 million people. And when you pack them all in one congressional district and you win those races overwhelmingly, you lose elsewhere because all your people are in one spot. Please tell me you're following me here. The Democrats need to start winning races by smaller, not bigger margins, so they can take some of those people and move them into suburbs. They're losing by one or two points, maybe a thousand votes, and take 10,000 people they don't need in the city. They're winning that election by 30 points. They don't need those 20,000, 30,000 people in that congressional district. They need them to vote elsewhere, and they can start to take back seats in the summer. They need to start diluting their vote. Concentrated vote margins are not good. They're bad. They're called wasted votes. Joe, you ever hear that joke about medical Mm -hmm. school? What do they call the guy who graduates last in medical school? (laughs) Doctor? Yeah, that's what they call him. (laughs) You ever hear that joke? It's true. What's the guy who graduates last? 300. They call him doctor. Right. What do you call the candidate? who wins by 50.1% of the vote in contrast to the guy who wins 99%. What do you call him, Joe? You, uh, winner. You, you call him congressman. <laughs> you call yeah. him the winner. It doesn't matter. That's reason number one. They want to wreck your suburbs. It's all about politics. But there's another reason, too. The cities are hemorrhaging people. So by moving voters, what they think will be Democrat vote. Remember, there's no guarantee they'll move in the suburbs and vote Democrat. But they think by moving Democrat voters into the suburbs, they can get Democrat voters in said suburbs to start voting suburban conservatives out and start to vote for things like redistributing the tax income from the suburbs back to the cities. It's genius. Devious. Terrible. Immoral. But genius. People in charge aren't stupid. You want to vote for Joe Biden, you go ahead. Do your thing. I'm just telling you, you think you're going to escape it? Oh, they're going to leave me alone. My kid goes to a private school. I'm insulated from the effects of these terrible democratic policies. Good luck. All right, I didn't get to some of the other stuff, including baseball. We'll get to that tomorrow. It's a really loaded show, very emotional today. And uh, I hope you um, can share the beginning of that because it matters. Do not believe for a second the president abdicating his responsibility here is some kind of a positive approach it's immoral the president is doing the right thing and he should be applauded and he needs your support in doing it if mayor lightweight and de blasio are going to let three-year-olds be shot in their cities and people killed then we're going to come in and we're going to fix it because it's the right moral upstanding god-fearing thing to do Thanks for tuning in, folks. We really appreciate it. If I may ask, can you please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. 
we're having a lot of trouble over there. And until we can find an alternate option there, we're looking at it now. We're having a lot of issues over there. Um, you know, I don't want to waste your time explaining about my personal problems there, but um, it's getting rough. We need you to subscribe, please. It helps us a lot. Uh, also subscribe on Apple Podcasts as well. Helps us move up the charts. You just heard Dan Bongino.